0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, just signed the dotted line. BYU football officially welcomes their next big-time recruit. Eat your heart out, Oregon and USC.
1: We break down the new-age recruiting approach for BYU and how it's paying record-breaking dividends
0: for Cougar football. Plus, BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler makes his weekly stop on the show and BYU football scheduling big-name opponents, but at what cost? Let's go.
2: And now, live on Sirius XM 143
0: BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Wednesday, December 18th, what is up? I'm Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan sits to my right, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making BYU Sports Nation part of your day. One week to Christmas... And the BYU football program locking up an early Christmas present signing day for junior college players. And if you don't know his name, you most certainly will. Nick Kurtz, four-star JUCO recruit from Grossmont College in Southern California. Wait until you hear what programs he said no to. I mean, this guy is a big-time player. LSU, USC, Oregon. This is a big-time recruit.
1: I'm very excited about Nick Kurtz. 6'6", 205 So like Mitch Matthews, five pounds heavier, he's played two seasons at Grossmont Junior College, where Todd Watkins also went, BYU receiver,
0: early 2000s, and uh, he's going to enroll in January. We'll dig into his numbers in just a few moments on BYU Sports Nation. Pumped! BYU basketball practiced at 6 a.m. today. Whoa! Due to finals week. That is dedication. The Cougars headed to the Northwest to face another ranked opponent, number 13 Oregon. The Ducks, by the way, back to full strength.
1: Bring it on. They have two players that were suspended that came back after nine-game suspensions. They went to the Sweet 16 next year. This is a good opportunity for BYU. I'm excited about uh, BYU's chances. They go up there a little early, like you mentioned, due to uh, Dave Rose mentioned on the coach's show last night that uh, because of certain flights, they end up going in the early afternoon. So they'll practice tomorrow uh, at Oregon. I'm going to go to that game on Saturday. I'll be up in that uh, the uh, Portland area uh, for Christmas, and so I'm excited to go see the Cougars play the Ducks. We need to tweet out a
0: picture of that basketball court. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, I'll do it. It's like a right it's now in like forest. Uh, what do they? I want to know what they call it. If anybody knows what they they call that court, uh, tweet at BYU Sports Nation. That thing is very unique. I learned something from you this morning, Dave Rose's brother. Well, I learned a lot of things from you, but I learned something interesting. <laughs> from you this morning. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well played, Linton. <laughs> Dave Rose's brother has ties to Nike, and Nike is based in Oregon. What's that all about? He
1: works on campus. Yeah, Beaverton. If you've ever, uh, if you've been to the Nike employee store, that's, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand how women were so obsessed with shopping until I went there. If that's, <laughs> if that's the experience that women have generally when they go shopping, I thought, oh, I get it. I, I dropped a couple hundred bucks because everything's 50% off. The
0: shoes and socks I'm wearing right now are from that store. And your wife wanted to leave after like 30 minutes. Yeah, she's
1: like, oh, can we go? Like,
0: no. No, no. We are I staying here.
1: perusing Seahawks <laughs> and Mariners gear.
0: Oh, That is great stuff. The alumni base in the Northwest uh, is also very strong. Uh, when BYU plays out Portland, it's like a half-half crowd. So expect a strong BYU contingent against the University of Oregon. And especially with uh, a lot of the Oregon students gone home for Christmas, that might be a little bit of an advantage for BYU uh, with some tickets opening up and for that BYU fan base to show up strong when they take on the Ducks. Join the conversation as usual by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. You can comment and like on our Facebook page and vote in today's poll question at BYUtvSports.com. It is football topic And speaking of that poll question, Jerem, it goes now. Are you okay with BYU playing its biggest football games on the road? Are you okay with them playing their biggest football games on the road?
1: Yes, I think that's the cost of independence, and we'll dig into that. So weigh in at BYU Sports Nation.
0: You can like and comment on Facebook as well. We'll discuss that topic at length in about 40 minutes. Listen to BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM channel 143, BYU Radio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app and Dish Network channel 980. Access our show on demand on byuradio.org. You can also catch the rebroadcast weekdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation, topic one. A big catch, and we mean that literally. Nick Kurtz, the receiver from Grossmont College, chooses BYU over the likes of Oregon, USC, LSU, and Texas Tech. 6'6", 205. The kid runs a 5 40. He comes from El Cajon, California. Again, Grossmont College. 38 catches this season in nine games. Eight of those for touchdowns, 15.9 per reception. He had a number of multiple touchdown reception games. Here's the crazy thing. This is, this is how big this kid is. He was on the radar of Wes Welker, who, by the way, went to Texas Tech. He's a receiver for the Denver Broncos, had great success with the New England Patriots as well. Welker kind of spat it off on Twitter at Nick Kurtz in regards to BYU and said, Hey, tell me the last big-name wide receiver to come out of BYU. This is a bad move for you. Wes Welker sends that tweet to Nick Kurtz, and Kurtz responds by saying, Hey, man. It's a good place, exclamation mark. I love that so much. Yeah, and Welker got a lot of uh, news. That was news nationally because
1: I think he ends up being an official booster, and so the NCA said, hey, you can't tweet at yeah, you him. you can't do that. You can't do that. Plus, uh, Welker didn't understand the commitment of Kurtz, and we'll dig into that more in a minute, the new age recruiting of BYU. Kurtz is not LDS, and he's uh, I believe he's Hispanic. So, or has some Hispanic blood. This, some big time guys that BYU's getting fit that build. And they're a little different. Bronco Mendenhall was on the show uh, yesterday and uh, talked a little bit about that. But Kurtz is a big get because Cody Hoffman's going to graduate. The all-time leading receiver in just about every category is going to graduate. Kurtz is expected to replace Mr. Hoffman. Yeah, fill the void. So you're going to have Mitch Matthews, 6'6", on one side. And Nick Kurtz, 6'6", six, six on another. I love it. Kurtz has played two seasons at Grossmont. will enroll in January. He'll be a junior.
0: He, look, I covered junior college football in the Southern California desert. Grossmont. I covered College of the Desert in the Palm Springs area. And Grossmont uh, would have games basically every year with College of the Desert. There are some good players. He was a standout player on that team. And BYU got very interested in him after a remarkable freshman year that he had there, that included ten touchdowns. So, uh, and I think in twenty-two games he had eighteen touchdown catches. I think it was eighteen games. 18 so he games. had a touchdown okay. every game. So not a, he wasn't a high volume reception guy, but when he caught balls, he made big plays, and that's what BYU needs. You need big play receivers. Cody, that's what Cody Hoffman did. He's a little different than
1: Mitch in that. Um, Mitch is developing, and I think we'll get there, where you can throw him the jump ball. Uh, Matthews was really good in space and had a breakout game against Utah State, and I really like the potential of Mitch Matthews. I think Nick Kurtz is ready to go right now to make a huge impact for BYU. I think against Connecticut, he's going to have a big game, and then I
0: think Texas, the nation, starts to notice. How many recruits has BYU picked up that have said no to USC, Oregon, LSU, and Texas Tech? Hardly any. I'm, I'm This is, this is any. a very unique situation, and he likes the atmosphere of the place. That's been the underlying thing is I like the way it feels at BYU. Not, uh, not a member of the church. I like the way that it feels on campus in Provo. Great. And that deals with what ex- we're going to talk about next. Topic two. New age recruiting at BYU. Third down from the 15-yard line. Lee back to pass. Pressure comes, and Van Noy gets him. Third sack of the night for Kyle Van Noy. Dave McCann on the call right there. One of many Kyle Van Noy highlights you saw on the BYU TV Sports game day replay. Bronco Mendenhall told us yesterday on BYU Sports Nation in a fantastic interview that the importance of players like Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman is much more off the field than it is on the field.
3: I think maybe more than what they've meant to the program, what they've shown is that Um, Players with unique challenges um, in life prior to coming to BYU or not being a member of the church, you can come to BYU um, and make it here. As long as you know why you're coming and what you're after, you can have a fantastic experience. Sometimes uh, BYU is lumped into you have to be uh, possibly white, you have to be possibly LDS, you have to be this, you have to be that. And if you're not in that box, you're not welcome here or you won't make it here. Kyle and Cody have shown that that's absolutely not the case.
0: What a fantastic soundbite right there. And a great interview you heard exclusively on BYU Sports Nation. Look, this is a big deal. The BYU coaching staff making a huge effort to branch out of those longtime stereotypes that you have to be LDS, you have to be white, uh, to get a look from BYU coaching staff. They want good people and good players, regardless of background. That's what they're going for. They want people that are dedicated to the program, that want to get a good education, and it doesn't matter after that. People that can follow the honor code. You don't have to be LDS, and that is a growing trend at BYU.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, BYU will always be full of white LDS players. It's these. It's the other players, The I don't know what percentage is, is good, or I don't think there's a right percentage or whatever, that contribute to the program and make this a special team. This is not the traveling missionary squad. It sort of is in a way, but you're going to have other guys like uh, Cody Hoffman, who's not LDS, who is African-American, that are going to contribute to this team. I love what Bronco Mendenhall said about that. Jamal Williams is the next generation of that. He's not LDS. He turned down Oregon. He got a scholarship offer and turned down Oregon because he wanted to be here. He wanted to be a part of this, and football is a huge part of it. Bronco Mendenhall on the program are so obvious in what the aims and missions of the program are. It's bigger than just winning football games. But that's the biggest thing that the team can do. Firesides, representing. A guy like Nick Kurtz is then the next generation of that, who is not LDS and uh, is not your typical uh,
0: you know white LDS guy. They like uh, the way it feels, though. They yes, like how yes. they're embraced and how they're accepted by this fan base and by the community. Come one, come all to make BYU a unique
1: team. You want BYU to win... And win the right way. That's always going to be the mission of this program. And if you can get guys, LDS or not, to do that, that's great. Was Ty Detmer LDS when he came to BYU? He was not. Neither was Robbie Bosco. There you go. it's, It's not
0: a requirement. A lot of people think that it's a requirement. It's not.
1: The only requirement associated with being LDS with football is that the head coach is an active LDS member. That's it. That's the only specific tie. And that's across the board for BYU Sports. To
0: be the head coach, you have to be active LDS. So BYU with this new age recruiting, and they're going out and they're finding good kids, good people that want to work hard, get a good education, and represent the program the right way. That's what Bronco Mendenhall is all about. So when when you see a player like Nick Kurtz sign, that's a great sign for the football program moving forward. It's, it's not just a one-time thing. You have Hoffman, you have Jamal Williams, you got Nick Kurtz. This is, this is a growing and trend. And there
1: are others. We're talking about the ones that have NFL potential that will yeah. stick out, that kind of thing. The other guy that BYU signed today, which we should mention, is Michael Shelton, a 5'8", 170-pounder from Raleigh, North Carolina, a defensive back. He's African-American. He's LDS. Uh, he will enroll in January as well. And so you're getting guys from different parts of the country, different backgrounds, uh, that's great. I, BYU, like I said, will always be mostly white LDS guys. But, and, and here's the thing, I don't I don't think that BYU can compete at the level that it wants to if it doesn't embrace guys like Nick Kurtz. And it, and it will, because you need guys. Uh, so look, sometimes you get a Van Noy, sometimes you get a David Nixon. David Nixon played in the NFL, white LDS guy from Texas. Sometimes you're going to, I don't care what their ethnic background is. What? Uh, how tall they are, whatever. If they're a good player, come. But if it's a 6'6 kid that's not LDS, that has some Hispanic blood, hey, that can
0: only help. High character guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of those high character guys, some breaking news here on BYU Sports Nation. The 2013 Football Bowl Subdivision All-Independent Team just released. And on the offensive side, Jamal Williams is a first-teamer, as is Michael Yeck on the offensive line. On the defensive side, Ethan Manumaleuna, Wani Unga, 134 tackle, tackles, a record for BYU. Kyle Van Noy and Daniel Sorensen. Adam Hine takes the special teams kick returning honor on that uh, all independent special teams uh, team. And, uh, oh, let's keep it going. Defensive player of the year goes to Kyle Van Noy. He was snubbed in a way f- from the AP All America teams, didn't make the first, second, or third list. He was a preseason All American, a first teamer or a second teamer in a lot of different lists. Um, but you know, the year worked out where he he had a good year, not a fantastic year, um, and he had a lot of traction from the bowl game last year coming into this season. So expectations were super high. So Kyle Van Noy has a good year, good enough to earn him defensive player of the year honors on the FBS All Independent team. Do you feel like he was uh, snubbed, or was that fair? I think I think it's it's fair, but I I would at least put him on the third team. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I think Kyle Van Noy is good enough for a third team AP All America. Distinction.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the honorable mentions probably appropriate. I mean, if you have if you if you have four linebackers on the first team, four on the second, four on the third, is he in the top twelve linebackers in the country? And even then, you're probably going to go, "Are you one of the top six outside linebackers?" That's he's he's in the mix. Yes. I mean, he's top ten. If he's if he's honorable mention and he's not third or not second, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, but him coming back for a senior year and then to be less honored with postseason, I don't think that's a huge deal. I think that, I think that maybe, it, I think that maybe he dropped a little bit in the NFL draft, and we'll have months to decide that. But what if he blows up the senior bowl? What if he blows, blows up it? the bowl? Game. What if he blows up the bowl game yeah. and has a great combine? Then who cares, you know? And he's he's drafted in the top three rounds or so. Hopefully, top one or two, and then he goes from there.
0: Right now, late second, early third is uh, what I'm kind of seeing across the board, but he has an opportunity to raise that draft stock for sure. He has three opportunities. The combine you mentioned, the senior bowl, and the bowl game. It's great to see guys like Kyle Van Nooy and Cody Hoffman that take a chance on BYU come and have their careers get paid off. And they come back for their senior year. I've been watching the last three bowl
1: games the last couple of days to edit down for our quick game broadcast on BYU TV Friday, December 27th. We're going to show the last three bowl games 30 minutes each. And in reviewing those, it's been fun to watch them grow in the three games. Cody Hoffman was a beast his freshman year against UTEP. Yeah, three touchdowns in that game. And then Kyle Vannoy blocks a kick in the third quarter, fourth quarter, of course. <laughs> he has the uh, sack fumble touchdown and the pick six. It was amazing. But it's been fun to watch them emerge that way and, and grow. And uh, in the San Diego State game, Rod Gilmore of ESPN, he kept saying, BYU fans enjoy this because they're going to go to the, they're going to probably be gone. And then and then I thought, well they came back. And how fun was it to have them back for their senior year. I think that they both had um, I think that they peaked as juniors respectively. But the fact that they were on the team was
0: helpful in a hopefully nine-win season against tough competition. A few more opportunities to watch those guys play in the Senior Bowl and, of course, in the bowl game on December 27th when BYU takes on Washington. Now the Cougars released their official announcement today. If you're just joining us, they get a couple of JUCO recruits, Nick Kurtz, big-time wide receiver, and a five-foot-eight, uh, five 170-pound speed guy, cornerback from Raleigh, North Carolina, named Michael Shelton. And he's a high school He's he is a high, in high school, school. Kid. That's right. He's a high school kid. Listen to this, though. Gold medal status in the United States track and field junior Olympic championships in the 800-meter race. Speed! Yeah.
1: Brian he- Logan says, yeah. 5'8", <laughs> 170. The, the air Speed. high five, the air chest bump is happening right now. Brian Logan, by the way, 2010 UTEP game as I reviewed that. He had a crushing hit on a guy. Just blew up a fool.
0: It was fantastic. We'll have Brian Logan, uh, I'm sure, on the, on the show very soon to talk about that play, Jeremy. It was a hashtag Logan takeover in that game. <laughs> Are you okay with BYU football, by the way, playing its biggest football games on the road? You know, it's, it's our Twitter topic today, and uh, we'll get to a couple of those very quickly. You've got tweets. <laughs> At JStringham1M fulfills the goal of increased exposure, but I'd obviously like to see them at LES instead of playing Idaho State. And let's sleep on Idaho State.
1: That's right! don't sleep on them. Wait, what? (laughs) Let's preface this conversation by saying this. As BYU moves forward in independence, and we'll address this later on the show and revisit some Bronco um, interview sound from yesterday, as BYU continues to schedule uh, tougher competition in the future, a lot of these games or series... The BYU schedules are, with the bigger names are either one-offs or two-for-ones, meaning two road, one home. Are you okay with that? Uh, let's go back to Twitter. Tweet, tweet. At JStringham1M. I said that one. Oh, you just said that one. Sorry. I'll listen next time. <laughs> at <Coug> mac one m <laughs> As long as we can still draw a big name at home, I'm okay with an ISU-Idaho State if we also have Texas like this year.
0: Yeah, sounds okay with that. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we'll ask Blaine Fowler about that scheduling question. We'll also dig in... The recruits BYU picked up today with the BYU TV Sports Analyst. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this.
2: This is
0: BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here live in Studio 2 from the BYU Broadcast Building. We're quickly approaching the shortest day of the year. December 21st, right? The shortest day time out. The winter the equinox. That's right. Can you please talk in that voice some more? No. <laughs> you can follow that man. Jerem Jordan on Twitter at Jerem Jordan and myself at Spencer underscore Linton. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, also follow
1: the show on Instagram. Is that how you say it? I'm just kidding. Wait, what what's that? In, In- Instagram? Instagram? I think it's the soft J, jogging for our da- That came out today, by the way. Anchorman came out today. Anchorman, too. For, uh, follow us on Instagram for our daily video tease of what's coming up on the show, as well as behind-the-scenes photos. I know you want to see Spencer Linton. Follow BYU
0: Sports Nation on Instagram today. I was getting some trash about my outfit today from those folks on the BYU radio side. Really? What did they say? I, I don't know what they said specifically, but they somebody had a problem with my, my winter hat or my, my puffy vest. I don't L- know. Listen, listen. You
1: are the best-dressed person in this building. And there's a lot of people in here. There's a couple hundred.
0: I appreciate that shout-out. Another well-dressed man, Blaine Fowler, joining BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, we've been asking our uh, our BYU Sports Nation folks today if they're okay with BYU playing the biggest football games on the road. Are you okay with the Cougars scheduling uh, those two-for-ones or those uh, one-offs? There's really only a couple of
2: schools that... That I'm okay with them doing two for ones with one of them is Notre Dame. I'm okay with that, with them, because um, I think it's a great experience for the team to go play there, and they. I think they should be able to go win there. I don't think Notre Dame, at least at this point, has an unbelievable home field advantage, and they haven't been. You know, two years ago they were very good, but um, so that one I agree with, um, and and I don't know anybody else. Maybe not. I was thinking Texas would be the other, but. But they've got to start getting some some home and home type deals, and I know that when you guys talked to Bronco, he he talked about scheduling up and, and playing big time opponents. But there's got to be some balance there with those opponents being willing to come back to Provo and play on a one for one basis.
1: Do you see a day yeah. where BYU gets one for ones, Blaine, with big time teams?
2: Yeah, no, I think I think they will. I think it's just going to take some time as, as them as um, playing as an independent. They, they've got to be in a position where they're. They're ranked on a regular basis, so they're considered uh, peers of those schools, and then I think you have a little more leverage. The other thing that I think we might see in the future, you know, how about some home, home, and neutral games, like with, with Arizona, twenty sixteen, eighteen, twenty. Yeah, see, I like I don't I don't mind that at all. To me, that's a little more uh, in in terms of what they may be able to do sooner than later, is do some of those arrangements like they have with Arizona. And, you know, there's this talk about building a beautiful new dome stadium in Las Vegas, and, and I don't know what the recent plans have been. They had some funding approved. They were do it. It was going to be right in the heart of Las Vegas. And uh, that would be an opportunity if, if, if that was an arena that could seat, say, 50,000 or more down there in Vegas. That's
1: the Dave maybe, McCann Dome, right?
2: Yeah, that's what they're going to call it down there after all <laughs> of these years down there. But, but if, you had a, if you had a place that was close like that in Las Vegas, then I think you could talk to some of these programs about doing home-home and neutral because um, teams would, would think, hey, you know what, if we could play a game in Vegas, our fans will travel to Vegas. Um, I, so, so that's an opportunity that may come sooner than later. I think the reputation has to continue to increase for them to get the Texases and the Georgias and, the, and SCs and those types of schools to just do home-and-homes with BYU.
0: Blaine Fowler, BYU TV sports analyst, joining BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, a huge day for Cougar football in terms of recruiting. They pick up Nick Kurtz, a four-star recruit from Grossmont Junior College in Southern California. A lot of people think he's going to replace Cody Hoffman, you know, and and just step right into that role and, and be a star. What do you think about the new age recruiting of BYU pulling in guys like Cody Hoffman and Jamal Williams and Nick Kurtz?
2: Well, I I think Nick Kurtz is a huge get for them. You know, he committed way back in the summertime. He had given them a commitment. And, and then SC comes into the picture. And this is a guy, people need to remember, this is a guy that Oregon wanted, Texas Tech wanted, USC wanted. I'm big, big-time recruit. And, and and people remember the whole tweet gate when uh, um, Wes Welker tweeted out that, you know, name one receiver from BYU that's in the, National Football League, I guess he forgot about Austin Colley. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have one. Come on, man. Yeah, come on. He forgot about Austin. Well, and what about Dennis Pitt? Does that not count? I mean, I think he's pretty good. I think he's one of the best tight ends in the league. But um, but really, that was a recruiting violation, if you think about it. Is Wes Welker not a booster of Texas Tech?
1: Yeah, that was um, the big issue. The NCAA yeah, came but- down on that.
2: I know, but, but so you look at that. This is how big a profile recruit this guy was. That you got Wes Welker recruiting out and it's a national story. You got SC hot on his heels and he, and he stays true to BYU and comes. I, I mean, I think it's terrific and I do think he will step right in. He's 6'6 and 205 pounds and, you know, I've had a chance to watch his film. He is, makes spectacular plays. He's got outstanding speed. They list him at 4-5. I think that that's probably pretty close. So he may have a little more flat-out speed than Cody Hoffman. He's built more like Mitch Matthews than he's built like Cody Hoffman. Cody's a little thicker um, than than uh, uh, Kurtz is, but Kurtz is taller. He's longer. Um, and so I, I believe that eventually Mitch Matthews is going to be a star. they just have to keep him healthy. Uh, Kurtz has been able to play a couple years in junior college without having major injuries. And so... Can you imagine BYU lining up and having two six-six guys on the outside? How are teams going to match up with BYU next year? It's going to be tough, and it'll make them better down in the down in the red zone. We, you know, we used to call it the blue zone, but they were so ineffective this year there. We just changed it back to red zone. Just, just you know, it made sense that we had to do that. But I think it may turn back into the blue zone for BYU next year.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And uh, the schedule is not as tough next year for BYU. I mean, there's still some tough games on there in at Texas, at Central Florida, a BCS team this year, and at Boise State. But other than that, I think there's a lot of winnable games and opportunities for Nick uh, Kurtz to excel. Blaine Fowler joins BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, uh, I I talked a little bit about BYU's aims and goals are to, you know, one day reach the college football playoff and compete for a national title. Kurtz uh, is, let's be honest, he's not white and he's not LDS. So he's not your typical BYU guy, but... To, for BYU to be in the national picture and be relevant, they need guys like Nick Kurtz, don't they?
2: Well, like Nick Kurtz and like Jamal Williams and like Cody Hoffman, and and they, although those are not LDS kids, they're kids that come from families um, that have high moral standards that look at what BYU offers in terms of the honor code and all that as a positive thing. Um, you know, I, I think about how well we've gotten to know Jamal Williams' family and. And they're all about the honor code. They think it's the greatest thing in the world. So you don't have to be an LDS kid to, to want to go to a university where you're going to be held to a high standard of moral um, morals and, and have to have a moral compass. There are parents out there that would like that for their young men. And so in those situations, I think it's an advantage. And I think that Kurtz fits into that category where, where he, he came and made a visit and not just impressed with the direction that BYU football was going and the exposure with the ESPN contract and their schedules and all of that, but impressed with the with the campus itself, with the environment, and wanted to be part of that environment. There are gonna be those kids out there and BYU needs to get a corner on the market on those types of kids.
0: Blaine Fowler, BYU TV sports analyst on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Blaine, so much has been said and debated about rest versus rust, preparing for a bowl game. Bronco Mendenhall has won four bowl games in a row, and he has traditionally given his team a "quote unquote" couple of weeks of rest. Do you buy into what he's doing? Why or why not?
2: Well, I buy into it because he's had success. Exactly what you said. Now, this opponent this year in in Washington is really good. There's some disruption with coaching changes, but. From a talent perspective, they're really good. Maybe the best team they've played in the last four or five years in a bowl game, um, very complete. So we'll see how it goes. But the formula has worked. And and there's got to be a balance there. And and, and perhaps Broncos found it. Because by the time you get through 12 games of a regular season, you're beat up and your legs feel tired and you feel slow. And mentally you're dragging a little bit. And you're trying to get ready for finals. And so there's something to be said for an opportunity, not just to get your legs back under you, but also to be able to clear your head a little bit and focus on, on school. With, with the caveat that they, they have to have enough discipline, especially mentally, that now that they're back in practice preparing, that, that there's not a three- or four- or five-day re you know, reamping period where you got to get back into football mode. I think he trusted there's enough veteran guys and enough leadership that he has at BYU by virtue of older guys or missionaries. That he can expect when they come back, that they'll go full go, and it maybe only takes a day or two to get back into football mode, not four or five like it might take, uh, you know, another team in the country.
1: Blaine Fowlers on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, you and Dave McCann will be in San Francisco at the Fight Hunger Bowl, covering the bowl game. Four countdown to kickoff in the BYU TV Sports post game. What do you and uh, Dave plan to do for fun while you're in San Francisco outside of the bowl game?
2: Gosh, I don't know. We haven't even thought about that. I'm sure we're going to go down to Fisherman's Wharf because whenever Dave and I are in San Francisco, we got to go get a um, some clam chowder and a sourdough bread bowl. I mean, you have to do that. That's the highlight of San Francisco for me. <laughs> it's, it really is a town with great food. Um, and so we'll just be taking in the food down there. Um, not much more than that, really. If, if we had more time, I think we would probably rent bicycles down by the wharf and take a little bike ride across the Golden Gate Bridge over to Sausalito and then take the ferry back. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do in San Francisco. But we're flying in on the 26th. We got the game on the 27th, and then we're right out of there. So we don't have much time to enjoy the fun other than the fun of the ball game.
1: I want to see a picture of you and Dave riding bicycles around San Francisco. Yes, please. <laughs> and in, and in, Yeah, on a two-seater.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, I might, I'll send you a picture of us together on a cable car but... Uh, <laughs> hanging off the
1: edge. Yes, hanging off the edge. Singing like, the Full <laughs> House theme song. Everywhere you
2: look, <laughs> we'll with it. the Olsen no, twins. If, if we had time, man, I would love. Have you guys ever done that? Have you ever taken that, taken a bike and and had that ride over the Golden Gate Bridge and the the San Francisco skyline across the bay from that side, from the, the Golden Gate Bridge side, from the bridge itself, and then you go down into. Uh, into Sausalito, or you can ride all the way over to Tiburon and take the ferry back um, with your bike. It is a great ride, and the views of the city are magnificent. So for those of you listening that are going to the bowl game, that's game re- that's an activity I would highly recommend. And you don't have to ride on the road. They've got like a big wide sidewalk that you can ride across the Golden Gate Bridge on your bike on.
1: The one time I did, I was traumatized because I had seen X-Men 3 and Planet of the Apes and I just thought the bridge was going to—and Pacific Rim. <laughs> you watch too many action movies, I was like, oh dudes. my gosh, how many times do they have
0: to rebuild this bridge? Too many movies. You need more chick flicks in your life, Jerem Jordan. What? You need to calm that I, down. I
2: worry about—I have to admit, when I'm riding across that bridge, I always think, what happens if there's an earthquake right when I'm in the middle of this
0: <laughs> That's a healthy I, I way, way to ride a that. bike.
2: <laughs> I do think that, but it makes, you, it makes you pick your pace up just a little bit as you ride.
0: Blaine well, Fowler, former BYU quarterback and BYU TV sports analyst on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, we asked one of your old teammates, Trevor Maddich, what his favorite bowl game swag was early this week. He mentioned the plastic cowboy hat with a Holiday Bowl sticker and also a gold watch that turned his wrist <laughs> green. Uh, where do those rank on your list?
2: You know what? Remember, I got the same, I had the same things as Trevor because we were
0: there <laughs> together. Um, so
2: so those are great. I, You know... The bowl swag has definitely gotten better. Now they give them, like, gift cards to places like Best Buy, and they actually get good stuff now. We used to get kind of, uh, you know, cheap stuff. I think the budgets have gone up for for these guys. But, but uh, yeah, Trevor and I got all of the same stuff. But he, he and I were talking this summer about one of our, our favorite stories. We we were playing Michigan in the Holiday Bowl, uh, and this was the year they were playing for the national championship in '84. And we had a big event over at SeaWorld, and the Michigan players were there, and we were there, and they they had all their – they had these beautiful um, Navy blazers that said Michigan on them, all in gray slacks, all with the same tie with a Michigan emblem on it. And we were we were in our, like, cheesy BYU sweats. Um, <laughs> we were like, man, is that how you're supposed to do it when you go to a bowl game? But we're standing outside, and the Michigan guy said, hey, we noticed that you guys have a lot of, um, you know, Women with you guys here. Did they let you guys bring your girlfriends to the game? And one of our guys, this is a group of about five Michigan guys standing there with about five of us from BYU. And the answer was, well, no. We we could bring spouses with us and we've got like, you know, 31 players that are married on the team. In fact, we've got like 15 guys that have children. <laughs> and the Michigan guy, not trying to joke, just just says Oh, we got like 25 guys that have kids. We don't have anybody married.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there is the difference.
2: So not only were they dressed differently, but evidently the... The code of conduct at Michigan at that time was a little different than it was at BYU. It's and probably still, still
0: a little different, yeah. <laughs> Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff, my friend, uh, as BYU prepares for Washington in the Fight Hunger Bowl. Any last thoughts, Jerem Jordan, for yeah. Blaine? Yeah, Blaine, I
1: wanted to ask you about BYU's game with Oregon. They get uh, a couple guys back uh, who are suspended for nine games. Uh, tough game against a tough opponent on the road. What do you think BYU's chances
0: Yeah, put on your basketball jersey now, Blaine. What do you think BYU's yeah, chances or, are? Or, uh, of this taking down the one. Ducks.
2: This this is a tough one, although the way Oregon plays matches up with what, what BYU likes to do. Oregon's more, probably more similar to UMass than, than any other team they've played. They really like to get out and run. You know They're averaging about 90 points a game. They shoot it extremely well. You know They're shooting 50% from the field on the season. It's a very good three-point shooting team. But they like to get up and down the floor, and they like to run. They're going to see another great player in Joseph Young, this guy can knock down threes and average in 20 a game. He's something really special. And they're going to see a familiar foe in Mike Moser, who transferred from UNLV. He graduated from UNLV, still had a year left of eligibility, so he could transfer without a year of penalty. And he's been a huge part of, of their success this year, uh, rebounding basketball and running the floor. So this, this is a very athletic, very you know, good shooting basketball team. So BYU has got to be able to knock down shots. They're going, to, they're going to try to slow Oregon down a little bit, but I've not been impressed with BYU's defense so far this year. Their best shot is to just go out and win 105-96 to game, Do the reverse of the UMass game.
1: Yeah, and Jonathan Lloyd is Michael Lloyd's brother. He's the point guard yeah. for Oregon as well. And so BYU beat this team two years ago, but it's a very different Oregon team. Blaine, we appreciate the time. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you from San Francisco next week.
2: All right. Talk to you later, guys.
0: Thanks, Blaine. Are you okay, by the way, BYU Sports Nation? with the Cougars playing their biggest football games away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We have more Twitter traffic coming up next on BYU Sports Nation. Plus, we dive into that scheduling process of BYU football and look ahead. Jerem Jordan has compiled something that is very unique to us. We discuss the details of that next. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the BYU basketball team headed to Oregon for a showdown with the 13th-ranked Ducks on Saturday. A game my friend Jerem Jordan will be watching very closely from the sidelines. Oh, so closely. Hey, Friday, December 27th is bowl
1: day. Yeah, believe it. Starting at 7 Eastern, we'll show 30-minute versions of the 2010, 11, and 12 BYU bowl games. Yeah. Snap to tackle edits. It's fun. Commercial free, by the way. You watch the whole thing. And followed
0: by the actual
1: countdown to kickoff. kickoff. Live from San Francisco and Provo to get you ready for BYU in Washington. So that's Friday. That's next Friday, December 27th. Starts at 7 Eastern. A plethora, and yes, I know what it means, of BYU bowl
0: coverage. Of course you do. Three Amigos reference right there. Booyah! F.A., do you know what a plethora is? Wonderful Uh. movie. (laughs) Okay, signing day for BYU football, in a way. Cougars pick up two players, and we're resetting our top stories and headlines if you're just joining BYU Sports Nation. BYU football picks up a four-star wide receiver recruit. His name is Nick Kurtz. He comes from Grossmont Junior College in El Cajon, California, SoCal. Expected to replace Cody Hoffman. He is a stud receiver recruited by USC. Not recruited by, but offered by USC, Oregon, LSU, and Texas Tech. And
1: Western Kentucky.
0: And Utah State. Don't leave that one out.
1: right? Yes. Uh, also, Michael Shelton, a uh, LDS uh, defensive back from North Carolina, 5'8", 170. So two two guys picked up today. The reason they're they're mentioned today is because it's the mid-year signing day where if you're going to enroll in January, that's why you signed today. The full regular signing day, February, and uh, we'll have an hour-long special with Bronco and in-studio to break down every guy one by one.
0: Traditionally, it's the first Wednesday in February. The first
1: Wednesday in February, yep. Yeah, that, that's that's become a big
0: day. It's like it's, it's, it's like a holiday for football fans. It's
1: so fun. Like th- <laughs> that show, we've done that 2 years in a row. This will be our 3rd year. It's it's fun. No one I I dare say that no other team in the country has their own national broadcast of a signing day special with the head coach breaking down everybody one on one. It's unique to BYU. It is unique. Unique New York. Unique
0: the human torch was denied a bank loan, <laughs> and the anchorman references continue. Uh, FBS All Independent teams uh, announced as well: um, Jamal Williams, first teamer; Michael Yek, a first teamer on the offensive line; Daniel Sorensen, Kyle Van Noy, Ethan Manumaliona, Wani Unga, and Adam Hine, the kick returning. Uh, Specialist gets uh, the nod there, so congratulations to all those football players. Alexa Gray, by the way, fantastic volleyball player. This just happened moments ago, named AVCA third-team All-America for volleyball. BYU's women's team back to the Sweet 16 for consecutive seasons. She's a sophomore. Yeah, she's a sophomore. They're going to be so good next year with Jen
1: Hampson coming back. They return a third-team All-American on one side of the net and a first-team All-American on the other.
0: Holy cow. Very nice. I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're going to the Final Four next
1: year. So a third and a first equals two second-teamers next year. Two first team. What's the... Met? I don't
0: know. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, BYU Sports Nation now breaking down something that is unique to us. And we'll reference the awesome... Interview we had with Bronco Mendenhall yesterday, uh, a few of our our favorite comments that he made. But, Jeremy, you've compiled a scheduling list that I believe is is unique to any BYU fan, a a spreadsheet of all of the opponents BYU will play, where they'll play them, when they'll play them, up through, like, the year 2023. Awesome.
1: Yes, Uh, and this is to share with BYU Sports Nation so that when there's any type of scheduling news, we can talk about it within the context of what we know. I don't have anything that's unofficial on here. It's all anou- as announced by BYU. So our discussion today, uh, the the Twitter question has revolves around, are you okay with BYU's best games coming on the road? And that has to do with the future schedule as an independent. Tom Hommel's done a tremendous job of scheduling good opponents in the future. You want to find balance. You want to find strength. You want to get some meaningful November home games. As of now, BYU has 0.0. November home games against BCS teams scheduled. That's just tough, and I'm okay with that. But uh, when Bronco Menendez joined the show the other day, he really gave us some insight into what he wants to do with future BYU football scheduling.
0: Yeah, Bronco Menendez telling BYU Sports Nation he wants to play the toughest competition he can, but it'll likely be on the road.
3: And so I want to keep playing as um, as the most the most difficult teams we can find that will play us. I would love it if they would actually acknowledge us and come here on occasion. Um, and eventually, through independence, that'll happen. Uh, but until then, biggest stages, on the road, best teams, shooting for 10 or more wins um, to move the program to the elite level.
0: I've seen some people saying, look, BYU is at a point where we shouldn't have to schedule two-for-ones. I, don't, I, don't, I disagree. I don't know that they are with the big-name teams. Not yet. I don't think that they are. And if that's what it takes, great. Go and take some of those opportunities—I know you love that word, Jerem—and turn them into victories. Boise State's in a, better pro, uh, in a better spot than BYU right now. They have more
1: national streak than BYU. They cannot get one-for-ones with big-name teams. They go and play a neutral site with Georgia, Kellen Moore's senior season. In, you know in I mean? Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. And they, they win the game, and they have cred that way. I think BYU, they're going to have to do that for—it it would take a while. Two-for-ones is a thing you just have to accept.
0: Boise State did that with Virginia Tech, too. In Washington, D.C. They played the Hokies in Washington, D.C., and won.
1: BYU's going to play West Virginia September 24, 2016 at FedEx
0: field, Same field in Landover, Maryland. So that BYU is, I guess, going after that Boise State model, perhaps? They're kind of in that position. I, I don't know, but that's not a, bo- a bad model to follow. Boise State the has model, created a lot of traction for themselves nationally. The model's winning. Winning all the games you win play. Win those games. If
1: you're in the weak whack,
0: you still win all the games, and then when you have a big game, you win it. Are you okay, BYU Sports Nation, with the way it is, with BYU playing most of their big-name games on the road? Meaning that uh, maybe they'll get uh, a team like LSU. I know that was mentioned briefly earlier in the season with Bronco Mendenhall. If BYU has to play LSU in a scenario where they go to LSU and then they're done, fine. Great. You have such That's a huge That's the Oklahoma game in Dallas yes. in nine, That's what that is. Take that and run with it, or two for ones. Then there are the regional ties. BYU is going to play Washington in the fight, Hunger Bowl, but how about establishing a series with that team and Chris Peterson moving forward and a team like Oregon? You know, let's throw that name out there. Bronco continued in that interview on BYU Sports Nation to say he'd love to have regular games with Washington and other Northwest teams.
3: I like that we can play a good opponent without traveling to the East or Southeast or Midwest, et cetera. We're going to do those games anyway. But if you can play a quality opponent and have more of a regional flavor to it, I'd like that. And the Northwest is a fun place to play. So we've had a, a series with Oregon State. Um, I would love either for Washington State, which we have a, a return game coming where we have to go there, but Washington or Oregon, those would also be good ones.
0: Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation yesterday. And Jeremy, I'm, I'm looking at quality opponents in the future on this document that you've put together next year at Texas, at Central Florida. At Boise State. The and toughest then,
1: games are on the road next year.
0: And then the game at Cal is not, Cal's not a great program right now. They're certainly in transition and rebuilding. But the fact that you're playing at Cal on November 29th, the last game of the season, there's some intrigue to that game because it's a Pac-12 school. Sure. It's
1: not as good as at Wisconsin and at Notre Dame, uh, but it's still better than Savannah State, right? BYU's yeah. got to throw that in. That'll be the final home game. That's fine. Uh, expect that one to be live on BYU TV. 2015. So we'll start pumping that one right now. Yeah. By the way, uh, Bronco referenced, so the regional ties, BYU is one game against Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State scheduled right now in the future, besides the bowl game. It's Washington State in 2019. That game was supposed to happen this year, but got pushed back uh, last year. So BYU, I think, needs to schedule Washington. Part of that conversation with Bronco was, do you want to? And he said, yeah.
0: I think they have a way better opportunity now because he's good friends with Chris Peterson. Yes, I want to schedule Oregon. I would love. Uh, I love.
1: I would love even games Oregon State. Oregon. Even Oregon State. I was at that game in Corvallis in 2011. There were a lot of BYU fans there. It was good. And then they returned that game and and B- BYU crushed them in the fourth quarter. But it was and BYU. So the road team won that. But I would I would love more of those games. Mike Leach with Washington State. You'd think that BYU could hook it up a little more often with the BYU alum.
0: So it costs you. Traveling to really difficult venues to play, but what does it give you in return if you win? Bronco believes that with a schedule like this year and going undefeated, the new four-team playoff selection committee would have to select a team like the Cougars.
3: We'll have to be undefeated, just to, to be brutal uh, and honest about it. Um, we, uh, we won't have a conference championship game that will... That will vault us into that, um, even if there's one loss or something, even though we're going to play very difficult teams um, in very unique venues and mostly um, the more difficult the opponent on the road we um, will need to be undefeated. And, and that'll get us um, – they would have a hard time, the selection committee I'm talking about, overlooking us if we're undefeated with the schedule that we're playing.
0: BYU is not the only school doing this. There are teams in BCS conferences that are going out and getting tougher conferences because now they think we've got to play people and beat people to be in the top four at the end of the year.
1: If you're not undefeated uh, as a BYU or a Fresno State or a Northern Illinois or whatever, you will not be in that college football playoff. There's no way that you're going to be in that. So BYU has to schedule tougher. We've mentioned one-offs, right? Here's some of the one-offs BYU has in the future at Nebraska 2015, also in 2015, at Michigan. Those are two of the first three games. In fact, the first three games of 2015, the senior season for Jamal Bronson Taysom, at Nebraska, Boise State, at Michigan. Whoa! Awesome. I love it. It's like two, a bowl game every week. Two and one would be great. And we mentioned uh, you know, regional ties in the Northwest. Lots of LDS uh, people there. At W I L K uh, N S. He says... Yes, in terms to the, are you okay with the tough ones being on the road? Yes, as long as they keep coming to Texas. BYU fans have flocked everywhere. to those games in Texas. Here are everywhere. at Texas, those are good
0: games. Tom Homo is doing this for a reason. It benefits a lot of people on a lot of different levels. We'll have more Twitter traction after the break. Plus, get you up to date in the Cougar Whip Round. A very juicy day of news on BYU Sports Nation. We'll recap some more of those top headlines after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation
3: right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars take on Washington. In the Fight Hunger Bowl, December 27th at 18T Park in San Francisco. Shaping up to be a very intriguing game. With that said, you know what time it is, Jerem? Let us whip it. Yeah. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around.
1: Women's basketball. Saturday, the 9-1 Cougars host Utah State. I was going to make some snarky comment in reference to Ben Bagley's Aggies. <laughs> Live on buA TV and BYU Radio at 4 Eastern. BYU looks to bounce back from its first loss of the season to that team up north.
0: Football. Kyle Van Noy and Wani Unga. Honorable mentions as All-Americans by Sports Illustrated yesterday. The Associated Press did not have any Cougars on its first, second, or third teams and just announced Van Noy, the FBS Independent Defensive Player of the Year. That announced on BYU Sports Nation about a half an hour ago. Cougars
1: in the Association. Jimmer. Fredette played 13 minutes last night in the Kings' eight-point loss. Jimmer freaking Fredette. Yes, to the Bobcats. Thank you. He scored four points on one of seven shooting at two assists, stealing a rebound. The Kings play in Atlanta tonight. Brandon Davies, next game with the 76ers, is Friday against Brooklyn.
2: Women's volleyball.
0: Alexa Gray, AVCA, third-team All-American as a sophomore, led the Cougars back to the Sweet 16 with Jen Hampson coming back, first-team All-American as a senior next year, and Alexa Gray, as a junior, not to mention Tambor Haddock and Camry Godfrey, that team is going to be loaded. I'm saying, a Final Four bound. You heard it here first on BOE Sports Nation. Sean Olmsted feeling awfully good about what the women's volleyball team is doing. On Friday, we have a very special guest, Jerem. Yes. A man you may have heard of. Mike Pereira. Or Pereira.
1: Mike Pereira. Uh, you may have seen him on Fox during college football and NFL games. Uh, a former NFL ref. He's uh, a tremendous boy. Probably the... The voice about uh, you know officiating. He's going to join the program. We're going to ask him about the two female officials that will be in the Fight Hunger Bowl. That that uh, you know is is breaking ground there, and then uh, some of these different rule changes. I know the Big Twelve in conference play experimented with eight officials normally at seven, and then what the future of officiating is. So. And replaying its role, and so Mike Pereira will join BYU Sports Nation Friday. That's cool.
0: He's a big deal. Yeah, really big deal. Looking forward to that. Uh, more news. This has been a breaking news day. Daniel Sorensen, BYU safety, has just accepted an invitation to play in the East-West Shrine yeah. Game. Had a boy, Danny. Nice work. Get her done. Are you okay with BYU playing most of its big games on the road? It's
2: winter time.
0: <laughs> it's like such a contrast
1: I just, of manliness and then, then the tweet. I just envisioned Ben just <laughs> shredding on his guitar. <laughs> Twitter time, yeah.
0: Tweet, tweet. Uh, at KMbell81, I do not like the trend, but it is probably the best BYU can do. The Big 12 is not calling anytime soon. Knew the Big 12 was going to pop up at some point.
1: At RyanAWSSMEN. There's a lot of tricky Twitter names today. Winning will... Are there bird noises happening behind? I thought I heard... I thought... Is this (laughs) CBS? Is this CBS, the Masters? That bird is not uh, indigenous to that area of the country. (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, winning will solve that problem. The two-for-one will turn into one-for-one. One. BYU needs to win those big games on the road first. It's going
0: to take a long time. Well, here's the thing.
1: If BYU starts winning those games, those teams are going to go, mm, I don't
0: know uh, if we want yeah. to skip with you. <laughs>
1: so I don't think that BYU will ever really get one-for-ones. By the way, rise and shout today goes to Nick Kurtz. Yes. <laughs> welcome to Provo, with, brother. For signing with me, brother Kurtz. Welcome to Provo.
0: At Chesh Sports says, absolutely. If they re- have return trips to Provo as a season ticket holder, one and Duns and two-for-ones aren't ideal. It's
1: all about just getting good home games to me. If that's two, that's great. Hey, thanks to our guest today, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on the crew who works so hard to make this happen every day. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Chaline, Production assistants, Alan Miller, Spencer King, and engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new
0: BYU Sports Nation Facebook page, show links, and much more. You can listen to episodes of the show on demand at byuradio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. If you're a student, finish up those finals. Go get some A's. Remember, C's get degrees. You have just what? listened to BYU Sports Nation. Jim, are freaking for dead.